The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. This morning we'll be talking about special kids and with us this morning we have Chris Truelove who is the director of special kids and then also with us Nancy Whitman and Lisa Azell again all from special kids. Chris how are you this morning? Doing great. How are you doing Scott? I'm good. You've been with special kids what almost since the very beginning right? Yeah I came about a year and a half after they opened in March of 2000 and they uh, started service in September of 1998. Wow, that it's hard to believe it's been around that long. For sure. So what all has taken place over the years or changed over the last 25 years? Wow, so many things. We, uh, when The day that I started, there was like 10 people on staff. We actually have 50 employees now. We have four buildings. They started in a little small building, a 5,000 square foot building at 202 Arnett Street. <clears throat> and... Um, it's just been amazing to see how Jesus has grown the program and impacted so many people's lives and so many children's lives uh, through our staff. Now, when Special Kids first opened back in 98, Murfreesboro, Rutherford County was a lot smaller. Sure was. I was reviewing some uh, some foundational documents uh, this week, just thinking about the 25th anniversary, and Carrie had written... And Carrie Goodwin, co-founder, Dick Kleino was her dad, and they started it together. And uh, she had written in there that um, when she shared the the concept of what she wanted to do, uh, she and Dick they were going around talking to clubs and different different organizations. And she just said it was amazing to see how this community embraced the concept, the idea, and got behind her and Dick and supported the the efforts. And back then, I guess really the closest thing even somewhat remotely close to special kids would have been our public school system. I mean, there's just nothing out there that offered any kind of service. That's right. So it's wild where you've come, you know, from back then to today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the, the skilled nursing program that we offer is quite unique. We haven't really found anything that looks exactly like it uh, in the Southeast, let, let alone Tennessee that we haven't found anything like it. And the concept is based on we have skilled nurses, our registered nurses, LPNs, and CNAs who come in, <clears throat> and they provide care for children who are medically fragile. That uh, we actually have contracts with the school systems, and so we have a few kids that come. Uh, instead of going to their school, they'll come to us, and <clears throat> the school will send their educational um, teacher over to us to do their educational things. Is there a facility remotely close to it anywhere in the U.S. that you visited? And have you kind of compared and contrasted the difference? We found online a, a few in Florida and a couple in Georgia, but we haven't really visited those places yet. Going back to 98, Dick Clano and, and his family really helped to kind of spearhead special kids in the beginning. They did. Carrie's a nurse, um, and she was in Chattanooga, and she and her husband were moving back to middle tennessee with his job and she was working at a place and that what they were seeing is that the organization she served in the company was telling the nurses to discharge the children when their insurance benefits ran out and so she's like we can't be doing this these kids need to be taken care of 
So she was having lunch with Dick one day and was visibly upset. And about the same time frame, he had said to his wife, Angie, I want to do something for the Lord. And so when Carrie pops up, then they're like, he's, hmm, okay, let's, let's press into this. So they began praying about it. They wanted to have a, a place in Murfreesboro, but he said there was two, two foundational things that uh, they were not going to waver on. One, it was going to be a ministry of Jesus Christ. And two, money doesn't have anything to do with the child getting the care that they need. And so we still espouse those two foundational tenets that they started Special Kids on. Um, one of the things that's interesting in the foundational documents I was looking at yesterday, they gave Dick a title, and his title was Chief Executive Cuddler. <laughs> and so I was like, wow. And so Carrie was the director and the administrator, and then they had all the things laid out. But um, one thing that uh, happened is Dick became ill getting closer to the time when they opened the facility, and he actually passed away two weeks before they opened the doors. Wow. So that was a sad uh, sad thing that, that occurred. But um, he and Angie had put some, some money in so that the doors could be opened debt-free. And then Christy Houston Foundation actually gave special kids about $100,000 uh, when they got open so they could finish uh, in the interior and getting the equipment and things like that. So uh, obviously the community jumped in and was very supportive of the efforts at, at, in the first days. The plan in the beginning was to be able to, to still offer services to a child after their insurance ran out, after their insurance benefits ran out. Other places that offered you know different types of therapy for children of special needs they were literally in those therapy sessions until their insurance was up and then after that nothing yeah that that was in chattanooga where that was occurring not sure about murfreesboro i don't know that anything was around at that time but um that was something that was very important and still is very important to carry that we do for kids who go to special kids a lot of them will literally grow with special kids. I mean, they'll they'll be there from, I don't know, let's say age 10 on up to 18 or so. Mm -hmm. we, have, we have some that they're multi-year uh, patients with us. And uh, fortunately, some kids, they reach their goals and we discharge them and they go on and they do their thing. Um, one, one example, I, I came into work, this is a year or two ago, and there was a young man in there and he had two walking canes and I was looking at him he was there uh, and i said hey you know introduce myself and he said you don't remember me he said but i was a patient here and he was there volunteering with us so <laughs> it's just amazing to see the being here 25 years you get to see kids grow and they grow up and they're adults and i actually saw another young man that uh, i met on my very first day march 1st 2000 and he works at a, at a place here in Murfreesboro, and I saw him just two weeks ago at work, and it's just amazing to see that. Talk a little bit about why it is important for a lot of kids to continue receiving services, whereas if they were at a different place, they, they may not be able to stick around for over a year or so. Well, in medically speaking or therapeutically speaking, when you have a need, that creates a deficit in your development, your life, your learning, your ability to, to go to school, to, to have a job. So it's so important that uh, we provide that consistent 
multidisciplinary approach for the child's needs. And so we don't offer anything that they don't need, but whatever they need, it's so important that we continue with them until they're, they reach their goals and they're functioning within normal limits, those kinds of things. And for somebody who maybe they're new to this area, they don't know a lot about special kids yet, kind of walk us through that process of when a parent decides, you know, hey, I need some extra help. I don't know where to turn and then they learn of special kids. But walk us through those steps of when they first learn about special kids to when their child is actually going to special kids. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. A lot of times we will get uh, referrals from a child's pediatrician or their family practice doctor because those pediatricians are so good at looking at typical developmental milestones and things like that. And so um, for, for the families who don't get that or they may not be have a pediatrician or they may not be able to access that care um, when they see my child's uh, a year old they should be babbling they should be crawling they should be doing whatever they say or they see another family's kids doing that <clears throat> those things that are typical um, if they have a question they can always give us a call we will uh, get them connected with one of our therapists or nurses so they can ask some questions about developmental milestones and things like that. And then we would drive uh, the process to get a referral from a physician or a pediatrician, that kind of thing, so they can give us a call anytime and we can have that discussion with them. And your relationship with pediatricians here in town has been amazing because really places like Murphy's World Medical Clinic, they've grown with Mm -hmm. special kids. Absolutely. They've been great partners. Tennessee Pediatrics has been great partners. And uh, we just we're so grateful for all of our pediatricians in town. And um, whether you know it or not, we are so blessed in this community with our health care. And in our world, the pediatricians are uh, the center of that health care for what we're doing and the families we serve. And um, they will uh, direct one thing I was going to share with you is that all the services that we provide are physician-directed, so we have a doctor's order for all the services we provide. How how do you go about deciding, you know, okay, well, well this child meets our criteria in order – you know, to be a part of our programs, how do you go about making those decisions? Well, when we get a referral, so a pediatrician may say, we, we want this child to be checked out for this particular situation, then we give that to our therapist. So if it's an occupational, physical therapy, speech therapy, or feeding therapy, we give that to them, and then they have um, <clears throat> evaluations that they will put the child through. And so they're trained to do that and to determine oh, there's a deficit here, or they're within normal limits, we don't recommend therapy, or they send the report back to the pediatrician and say, we recommend therapy twice a week, once a week, that kind of thing. And so the physician really speaks into the plan of care for the child. So the, the therapist drives at that point, and then the pediatrician will look and say, no, I don't think they need three times, they need two times a week. So then we will get them in to a regular treatment program. You know, one of the big aspects of special kids that I think is so positive is that it also offers some help to the parent absolutely after every session every time we take provide care to a child we have a a time where it's called parent education so we'll meet with the parents say this is what we did today this is what we're trying to work on and they actually will give the parent homework to take home and so you can carry this over with your child at home because they spend 45 minutes or 45 minutes twice a week with us but they live with mom and dad or grandparents and so we want you to try and work on these things so that they can accomplish their goals you know from the outside looking in i think it's easy to forget some of the struggles that 
new parents face but these aren't just new parents these are new parents with you know a lifelong journey ahead of them in dealing with any number of medical issues Mm -hmm, absolutely and it it adds a new level of stress and difficulty because when you have your first child it's like where's my handbook i don't know what to do here how do we take care of this child but then when you have extra medical things developmental things added on the stress level is tremendous and so our staff is very intuitive about being able to walk with them on that personal human level to say it's going to be okay to provide that support that the mom and the dad need during that time and that dedication of that parent who is you know a lot of times going to be with that child and, and helping them throughout their entire life is just it's amazing absolutely we have some very resilient parents and families that we get to work with every day and kind of give us a better idea of just the long list of different conditions or uh, you know, maybe even birth defects, things that have occurred in these children's lives you've seen over the years. What what are some of the different conditions? Mm-hmm. One of the prevailing is autism or children who are on the spectrum, uh, the autism spectrum. And so our therapists and nurses have been uh, trained and they get continue ed- go to through continual education to get more training to better care for those folks and the children. Um, cerebral palsy, we've, we've treated some children with cancer before, and then there's some very rare uh, diagnoses and syndromes that children present with our, our team has taken care of. Because you've got, you know, medical officials, you got nurses, you've got everybody, you know, who is who's helping out at special kids. Have you seen increases in anything locally as far as let's say for example autism? Have you seen an increase in uh, new students there who who have that problem? We autism has been the one that's increased the most that that we've observed. I wonder I wonder if there's any studies saying why. I'm I'm sure there are. I'm not aware myself, but I'm sure there are that they're they're looking at that and trying to make determinations on how they can slow the increase. And then the different staff there, because you do help out in so many different ways. What are some of the different you know their, their duties, the staff duties there? So uh, we have in our therapy program, we have occupational, physical, and speech therapists. The, the occupational and physical therapists, most of their training nowadays, they're pushing them through doctorate-level programs. So we have several doctorate-level folks on staff. The speech-language pathologists, they all have master's degrees. They're required for that. They're all state-licensed and, and monitored. And then in our skilled nursing program, our clinical director, Julie Ludwig, she's a nurse practitioner with 30 years' experience. And then we have registered nurses, and then uh, we have uh, certified nurse assistants and medical assistants, and they're all state-licensed folks. Again, Chris Truelove with Special Kids here in Murfreesboro. Have any agencies or organizations come to you and and said, you know, we want to do something similar but on a smaller scale? Can you help us out? We've had, and that's a good question, through the years we've had some people from different states, uh, Kansas, Florida, saying we we need a special kids in our state and our community. And and we're actually looking at uh, potentially expanding to the Chattanooga area and putting a clinic there. So we've been checking that out. But really, um, this goes back to when Dick was alive, and I heard an interview that he had. Pardon me. And he said, 
every community needs a special kids and that those words ring true more true today than they did when he spoke those back in 1998 that there's need everywhere and the provide the number of providers are is waning as well and so it's just really difficult to meet the needs what are some of the stories that you can tell us that you've seen over the years we had uh, one uh, this was probably early 2000s but just is so uh, vivid in my mind this this uh, little child came to us and had several things going on a syndrome and was the the prognosis was she's probably not going to be able to talk probably not going to be able to go to school probably not going to be able to function normally and that kind of thing and so it was about six months later nine months later i go back into the room where they are and I started talking to this child, and they said, don't talk to her. And I said, why not? She's cute. And I want, well, she's in timeout. And I said, why is she in timeout? And they said, because she won't stop talking when we told her to stop talking. <laughs> and so, uh, so fast forward a little bit. And so I come out of my office one day, and I hear this little voice say, I'm leaving. And I look, and it was her. She was down at the end of the hall, and I said, okay we'll go and so what she meant was she was going to do something like what we're doing right now to promote special kids with one of our staff members and i was just amazed well fast forward about 10 12 years 10 years later and if i was at slick pig getting some wings yeah and i noticed her mom standing in line and i said i don't know if you remember remember me she said yeah you work at special kids i said yeah and so i said how's how's she doing and she said well she's She's struggling a little bit. I'm like, well, what's going on? She said, well, you know, she's she's playing soccer at middle school. And, and I'm, I'm like, wait, what's she struggling with? Okay, <laughs> We're, we came from a place where she wasn't going to talk, wasn't going to go to school. Now she's playing soccer. What do you? So uh, that was just one story that just really blessed me that throughout the years that I remembered. And because Special Kids has been there now for so long, 25 years, I'm sure you do hear those stories years later mm-hmm. from folks, maybe parents, that you never thought you'd hear from again. Yeah, absolutely. We have a, a, a friend who who came, and I just remember uh, his his mom was so just in despair and our staff just wrapped around her and worked with her and helped her and we took care of her son and this little guy is going to be a national level class golfer he's already is in his age class and it's just amazing to see his development and how god has just blessed him and used our team to walk along with mom as she took care of her son what's it like when you encounter a parent who you knew in the very beginning and they were at you know just the end of their rope not knowing what to do or where to turn and they thought that this was just the biggest struggle of their life that they were going through and that was the beginning stages but you've run into them years later and their world is just totally different now mm-hmm. it, well it's it's obviously a blessing and then you, you think about 25 years and you think about looking back to what dick and carrie so courageously did in following jesus because it was it, it was kind of kind of a crazy proposition that how are you going to do this i mean they didn't know how to do it they had never started something like this but when you put it in that context and think man what an awesome investment into our community that they made and you see jesus infused in all of these situations all these families and so when i encounter a parent like that it just makes me feel blessed that god even allowed me to be a part of that and see them go, go from crisis to victory 
is just so such a wonderful thing. Are you able to sometimes connect those brand new parents who are starting this huge journey with parents that have already gone through it? If if they have a knowledge of each other, that's that's sometimes possible. But we have being a medical facility, we we're bound by HIPAA and PHI and all those things that you you have to watch for. So we have to be really careful with that. But when the natural opportunity occurs, we can do that. Have you seen a lot of changes as far as HIPAA goes since the beginning? And and what has that been like? And has it made it harder to kind of work with some families? It uh, it doesn't make it harder to work with the families, but internally. It's very difficult because you have to be very careful all the time because we're out. I was talking to our HR manager, Sharon Conyers, just the other day and talking about you're out in the community. Someone say, hey, Chris, so I know so-and-so and their son went to special kids and what. And you're like, you can't respond. You have to say, uh, OK, I'll, I'll take your word for it, even though you know exactly who they're talking about, because you just have it's they're. The rules are there, and we have to follow those to be good providers and good partners, and then to protect people's um, information. That's got to make it tough at times because you want to be excited. But. Yes, absolutely. We we're very excited. We're very we love what's going on. We love what our team does. We want to tell everybody on earth about it, but you have to be very careful about how you share that. Does special kids offer different networking or? Uh, chances for parents to come together to kind of learn from each other yeah we encourage that within especially at our our summer camp we partner with north boulevard church of christ love them they're such great partners to us Um, we encourage our families to get in some groups and stuff over the summertime and so we have a, a different program that we offer to let them get together, share some, share life together, kind of have a small group, so to speak, over the summertime. Now, going back to Dick Clino mm-hmm. and, and his wife, Angie, and of course their daughter, Carrie, as well, you know, because Dick never got to see all of this blossom into what it is today, Angie has. And uh, how, how has she taken all of this? She is one of our biggest cheerleaders. Uh, she actually has been on the board for the last six years, rolled off back in January per our, you know, the regulation the board sets in the bylaws. But she is one of the biggest cheerleaders we have, one of the biggest promoters still, and is so proud to see uh, what uh, Special Kids has grown into from when they started it. And for anybody who doesn't know, she was the one who had the blueberry patch for so many years. Mm-hmm, absolutely, yeah. Uh, Dick was known as the blueberry man when uh, when they got Special Kids started. So It's wild how, man, just everything has changed over the years and, and how much we've grown as a community. And speaking of that growth, do you meet people who are brand new to Murfreesboro and, and literally Special Kids is just the first place that they have turned for anything? Absolutely. And there's still so many people in our community who don't even know about special kids. So that's part of the challenge is making sure more and more people know that we're here so that we can take care of the children that need care. But also on the fundraising side, we need the support as well. 
again, Chris Trulove with us this morning with Special Kids, and they are celebrating their 25th anniversary, and we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll also talk more with Nancy Whitman and Lisa Azell, both with Special Kids. So we're going to take a short break, and then we will be right back. Stickers, labels, we do a lot of direct mail, booklets, manuals, programs. My name is Jeff Carlton. I handle sales and marketing for Franklin's Print Works here at Murfreesboro. We are at 2227 South Park Drive. Franklin's Print Works has been in Murfreesboro for over 25 years. We are a full-service commercial printer. We offer everything from business cards to brochures, booklets to banners, everything in between. Our website is franklinsprinting.org. Here's a question. What do you want from your electric co-op? An app for easy payment. Solar energy solutions. I just want to talk to a real person when I need help. Energy tips and low rates. Done, 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 done. I want to fly my car to the moon. Uh, Houston, let's talk about electric vehicles. Energy service life. That's Middle Tennessee Electric. We're here to get done what matters most to you. Learn more at mte.com. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. CBS News Brief. Emergency officials on Maui are scrambling to fill a top job after the chief resigned amid outrage over his decision not to activate an emergency system as massive wildfires approached. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti asked Herman and Daya. Do you regret not sounding the sirens? I, I do not. The death toll stands at 111. A Category 4 Hurricane Hillary is swirling off Pacific Mexico, threatening to bring pounding rain, flash floods, and high surf to parts of Southern California this weekend. Chris Dargan with State Emergency Services. We are getting ready now, ahead of this event, as it makes landfall, to make sure that we are prepared to keep Californians safe. Kids in Louisville, Kentucky, have boarded school buses for the first time in more than a week. District spokeswoman Carolyn Callahan. This was nothing on our bus drivers. This was on implementation on hour end. This was on routes way too long, not having good enough communication for our bus drivers to the compound and back to the command center. CBS News Brief. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. And again this morning, we're talking about special kids and Chris True Love, the director of special kids, is in studio with us and also with us today, Nancy Whitman and Lisa Izell. During that break, you were talking about how those who are part of special kids, the children who come there, a lot of those are medically insured through 10 care and then others, I guess, privately insured. But how do you go about figuring all that together? We have contracts with most of the major medical private insurance companies and also 10 care there's three mcos that we contract with and so we build according to our contract and according to what the child needs that's how that all works having a medically fragile child can be very expensive mm-hmm. and i'm sure it can easily cost a parent hundreds of thousands of dollars over just 10 years alone how do these parents go about affording the different services because i know you mentioned in the very beginning that about dick Clino wanting to make sure that this is open to all kids no matter what you know we'll access insurance or the 10 care with the when you sign up to be a provider for 10 care then the families do not get charged for anything outside of what your contract provides. 
they don't have any extra expenses out of pocket if you're covered with TennCare. For private insurance, if they have a limit on their therapies or their nursing services, once those benefits are covered, maybe you have 20 sessions per year that you get covered. At that point, you're out of pocket as a parent. So we have a sliding fee scale that we can put parents on and provide scholarship funds. Special Kids has fundraisers throughout the year in order to help pay for not only staff and nurses, but also to help cover the cost of therapy for a lot of kids. Right. Kind of tell us a little bit more about that side of things. Nancy, you want to cover that? So we are really blessed to have um, the community that supports special kids, whether that's through an event, participation, sponsorships. We also have people that are monthly donors that make an immediate impact and people who give throughout the year. And the fundraising that we do for special kids brings in about half of the amount of money that we need um, to keep special kids going and to provide the services uh, for the families we um, serve every year. And for the average patient who comes to special kids, how much does it usually cost in in different you know medical bills and uh, you know just the the different programs? How much does it typically cost for one child? So I can give you um, a different example, um, Scott. So if someone gives us $25, that helps us provide one therapy session for a child. If they give us $150, that can help provide um, three um, therapy sessions and or one day of nursing for one child. So then we're able to help support uh, those families get those services. And are there situations ever where special kids will send somebody to a client's house? We don't No, We're not um, accredited for home care. Um, although as a, we're a comprehensive outpatient rehab facility and within those regulations, we are allowed one home visit if we're trying to assess the home environment and how that would impact their development. But we I can't remember the last time we did that. So we're all clinic based. What are those hard days like for staff members or for volunteers? What are those hard days like? Yeah, I think uh, that's when, uh, you know, all kids, all people, we all have behavior things at times and we have times where we're triggered and that kind of thing. But for uh, children who are on, who have autism or they're on the spectrum or certain syndromes or diagnoses they just struggle sometimes a little more than a typical child will and so when they have outbursts of behaviors and things that makes it really hard i can't imagine the daily life of a parent who has a child that's medically fragile it's beyond me yeah it's it's quite difficult one mom we encountered we took care of her boys she had two boys they were two years apart they both had autism and our staff worked with Big Brother and got him an, an iPad or a little tablet. And he would wear it around his neck and he would be able to communicate with that. You could ask him his name, things like that. And he could communicate with that. Prior to that, he would be very agitated. He would tear things up. He would throw things in the floor. Once the therapist worked with him to be able to communicate, that helped quite a bit. One day the mom came in and she was visibly upset and so our staff their own attention when they see a mom crying they said what's going on she goes no these are happy tears they said well you you need to share she said well i just came from the grocery store and i had a an argument with my 14 year old son about what we're going to have for supper and that's something that typical families deal with all the time you know you 14 year old and i'm not eating that and whatever but she'd never had that opportunity to have an argument with her son about a typical life thing and so she was just so overwhelmed and overjoyed that 
she was able to have an argument with her son about what he's going to eat. You're going to eat that. I'm going to make it, and you're going to eat it. So, uh, so those are some of the things that we observe and get to be part of. Do you find that you know the average thing that would infuriate a parent or bother a parent in some way, the parents who are coming to special kids, bringing their children there to receive help, they find those moments more special? We've seen some of those, but you know, at the end of the day, Scott, we're all human. We're all same. And so we all have the things that push our buttons and make us struggle with our kids and those kinds of things. Is there a way for different individuals here in our community to get involved with special kids? Absolutely. I'm going to let Nancy tell you about that. So we do have some volunteer opportunities. Those are um, somewhat limited because of HIPAA. However, um, there are a lot of companies that come and do work days on our um, facilities. Um, They can come and volunteer at one of our events. Um, They can become a donor. So there's just there's a lot of ways people can come become involved. They just need to give us a call and we can connect them with our volunteer coordinator. Is there an average length of stay for most patients? They typically, if you were trying to draw an average, the greatest percentage of our populace and our patients are between 5 and 12 years of age. So once you get to about 12, I mean, most of them are getting care at the schools as well. Um, but by the time they get about 12, most of them are, are finding alternate things or they've they've gotten to a place where they're stable enough or they've reached their goals and they're able to move on. Can you see a really big difference in that patient who, when they first start coming there versus four years later, five years later? Absolutely. Um, and, and again, it's it's individual. It's based on each one and each, each child's diagnosis and things. Back in the days when I was, uh, my office was in the patient care building, I would observe something over time. The first two weeks that a child would come, they would be crying on the way into going to therapy. And after that, they would be crying going out, going out. <laughs> so that told me a big story that our therapists had really made some inroads with them and they were comfortable and they really enjoyed what they were doing. Are you able to work closely with MTSU with any of their different departments? Absolutely. We have great partnership with the speech and hearing uh, clinic and their program. We get some students from them at times. We have a great relationship with the nursing school. We actually provide a rotation for their students each uh, semester so that their nursing students can come and get a pediatric rotation. And then we have relationships with several of the different colleges around on campus. Uh, Too many for me to even think about right now, but yeah, (laughs) many, many inroads. Uh, Coach Stock still brings the football players out to camp every summer. And the cheerleaders typically come and bring lightning to meet the campers. And so we have great relationships at MTSU. So what's it like working at Special Kids? Because I'm sure there's a lot of days where it really doesn't feel like work. Well, there's days that are like that. And then there's a lot of days it's just tough because yeah. we're we're trying to manage on the while we don't want the families and the children to be impacted on the financial side. We see it and we're the ones that have to deal with that and look at that every day. And really, it's a it's a faith tester and a faith builder because we have to just trust. Jesus didn't start this thing for us to become a Fortune 500 company, and we're not. Trust me, we're not going to be that. When we talk to families, and I see these kids out that have grown, they came through special kids, and now they're out in the community working, and they're contributing back. That that's that, That's everything because, you see, Jesus has had a hand in their life through special kids helping them develop, helping them to grow, and they're often they're doing their thing. So that's a, such a blessing to get to see that, and it really fortifies and solidifies what we're doing. Going back to those beginning years of special kids, were there times where you thought, 
I, I don't know if we're going to be able to keep the doors open. Absolutely. There's really three times that we've we've been at that place where I thought, I don't know if we're going to make it. I really don't know. But man, Jesus, he he's he's a he bats a thousand percent every time, and so he's his provision. The fact that we're about to celebrate 25 years in three weeks is just testament to his provision. You've spoken many times before about how you didn't think, you know, we would get a donation of XYZ to make this happen. But next thing you know, you got somebody knocking on your door just randomly saying, I want to help out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been interesting through the years. This was early 2000s and we didn't have two nickels to rub together and just wondering how we were going to make it. And a, a man pulls up, comes in and says, hey, I'm going to start mowing your grass for free. <laughs> How do you know about us? He said, I just drive by here and see see your sign. Just that all the way up to foundations giving us $100,000. Yeah, God, just his hand is in it, and there's no way we can fail if we keep, keep our eyes on him. Have you been amazed or surprised? Uh, amazed and surprised, sorry. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. How often do those who got services at Special Kids come back? Because I know in the beginning we, we opened up with you talking about how one child did come back and 20 years later almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had several do that. They'll come back and volunteer. We've got many parents that will come back and say, hey, I wanna, I'm want i going to get a team together to run in the race and raise money for you guys. Or they're donating themselves or they've told somebody else and they brought some new folks along. I know we only have like a couple of minutes left, but how has special kids changed the life of different parents out there? I think uh, one in particular, when I hear her talk, she just gets to tears in a place that uh, she's like, I can't believe that my child is where he is right now. Uh, This particular parent came up to me back in the spring and said her child had been getting speech therapy for 10 years and had just been discharged. He's still coming for another service, but she was just overjoyed and just so proud of him. And so you just see that, and it's a blessing to get to be a part of that. And then where can people learn more? Our website is a great place to start. It's got tons of information at There's a gallery where they can see pictures of all the kids that come through and that we serve. There's information about donations, and all of our events, our fundraising events, are also listed on there. Sounds good. Well, thank you all for joining us today. Thanks for having us, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. We're at Adams Place talking with John Hood. John, what do you like most about Adams Place? Well, Bart, I guess the one I like most is the personal attention that you get, the comfort and security and knowing that you're in a very outstanding place. What made you choose Adam's Place? Well, frankly, I only looked at Adam's Place. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adam's Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart.